0: down to the last comic shop in five four three two one
1: hey
0: and welcome back to the last comic shop
2: Mm.
1: that is right we are opening the shop up to newbies to help them find their way underneath the comic book tent and
2: we're keeping the lights on for the oldies And for the fans of those oldies who've requested that we read stories from close to 40 years ago.
0: Wow, that's right, from the big 80s. Yes, I'm very, very excited. And not only that, but because we are actually doing a, what, a listener request? Is that what they call it? What would Casey Kasem call it? Is it
1: long-distance dedication? Yes. (laughs)
0: Yes. to pete uh who we've uh we've got to know over the last couple of months uh he's a real real huge fan of the last comic shop and pete sent us a big laundry list of books to read and so the host with the most andy larson as well as chad smith and jay scott and mikey wood we took a look at the list and we said which book do we want to pick from pete's list
3: mm-hmm. and what book do we pick mikey we picked all the pornography no long <laughs> shot long shot by Anne Nocenti and Arthur Adams, with Inks by Wills Portesio. <phone rings> All three of which were really brand spanking new to the yeah. business at the time. So this is a cool book, and it's right. a, it's an interesting milestone book for those guys. Yeah, I mean, isn't this like one of their first books ever? I think, I think she had written maybe one or two little things or something. Yeah,
1: she had, prior to she had come on to Marvel as a as a sub-editor and writer, but this was like her first reel. She basically pitched it, and mm-hmm. they – agreed and greenlit it and she said it would never happen today not in corporate (laughs) comics but back then yeah absolutely and it made a huge splash if you think about the names
0: that we've just mentioned and the just got into the eisner hall of fame this year and then you've got Art Adams, who, without his art, you wouldn't have the 90s. So everybody from Rob Liefeld to, to Jim Lee to Todd McFarlane, all of them were aping uh, Art Adams' style. And then you got Wills Pratashio. He, he was also one of the guys that eventually went to Image. But this is a yes. huge book. It It's so many things. The wheels in motion, as yes. it were, in the comic book world. And it's, uh, mm. it's really like indicative of what the 80s were like this is like mm-hmm. kind of mtv-ish a little yes. bit here but in any case one thing that we want to do before we get into long shot is do our weekly polls that's right we're not mtv we're like not even close to mtv because we don't play music videos And Neither all of do our they. Uh, that's true they don't, they, anymore. They don't do anymore no what they did do back in the day is Ask for audience
1: participation, I think. Yes, MTV used to have participation. I think you've conveniently forgot that whole TRL <laughs> thing they had. You never heard of Curzon and <laughs> I didn't. I tried to block it. I, we do
0: the same thing with our weekly polls every week over on Twitter. Refuse to call it X. And uh, J.A.'s got how many polls are we going to recap today?
1: gonna do one two three four five polls
0: five polls mm. on today's program so without further ado poll master ja why don't you hit us up with the first one
1: so total request live batman's smartest adversary Oh, who do you think mm. Batman's smartest adversary was? Is it Bane? Is it the Riddler? Is it Ra's al Ghul? Or is it Dr. Hugo Strange? Nah.
0: Mm. All right, well, we're going to start off with our DC aficionado, mm. Michael Wood. So, Michael, if you were going to pick mm. one of those four, who do you think is the smartest?
3: Denny O'Neill. Now, um... Uh, <laughs> no, um I I picked the Riddler because this is going to sound weird. I've been reading Batman, I don't know, since like 85, something like that. And I have never read a Hugo Strange story. Not because it seems like they didn't use him for big, big chunks of time. I'd stop reading Batman and then they'd use Hugo Strange when I wasn't reading Batman. So so, yeah, yeah, it's really, really bonkers. I've never read a Hugo Strange uh, storyline, but well, I voted for Hugo Strange because I I have read. And mm.
0: if you need a recommendation of a great uh, story featuring Hugo Strange, then I would recommend Batman and the Monster Men, which was done by the wonderful Matt Wagner, i think actually was a precursor to his his mad monk book but it was basically where he retold all the stories from the classic issues of uh detective comics way 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 back in the early days of batman so i think it's Mm -hmm. detective comics 36 which was the first appearance of hugo strange that's a great
1: book but i voted for him because he's bald and he's got glasses and he's strange Uh j.a I did not vote in this one because I think I was on the plane. And had I voted, I probably would have gone with the Riddler. All right, Chad. Yeah, riddle me this. Which of
2: these characters is the only one to appear on the Batman 66 TV show? (laughs) And which one of these has been a Thor and Batman side consistently and Hmm. awesomely and sometimes scarily ever since? Mm -hmm. Uh, It's the Riddler.
1: Mm -hmm. Spoiler
2: alert, that's the correct answer.
1: Oh, was that the correct answer, J.A.? It was not. Ra's al Ghul took this with 68% of the vote. No one voted for Bane. No one. No one thinks Bane is smart.
0: They're all smarties. I will say that I I have been a huge, huge fan of Bane ever since that Harley Quinn animated series came out on whatever they call it now. Because he's the best. If you haven't enjoyed at least that character among all the other great characters on that show, you're missing out, but, uh, we're not
1: missing out on poll number two, J.A. What was that? Uh, best call to arms. So is it Avengers assemble? Is it it's clobbering time? Is it admittedly bad justice league advance or is it to me, my (laughs) X-Men? That
0: Justice League Advance didn't get a single vote, did it? Like It it did it got three percent.
1: At least it got three (laughs) percent.
3: I don't I don't remember ever
1: reading that in print. I don't remember ever It's it's a modern creation.
0: Oh, they have the Avengers and the assemble thing, so we have to come up with something else that has an A, A in it. That that's that's dumb. That's I I I boycott that answer just mm. on principle. I voted for it's clobbering time because it's that's clobbering time. Yeah. You, you, you can't you can't <laughs> say you that probably thing.
2: end up clobbered.
0: What did you vote for, Chad?
2: I also went. It's clobbering time. It's just fun to say,
0: Mikey.
3: You've been I, very well, critical of it's clobbering time in the yeah, past. Cal- yeah, nobody says that. Um, uh, like, the Avengers Assemble, that's kind of dumb, too, but I, that's the one I picked. I think it works fine if they're, like, trying to build Ikea furniture. That's awesome. <laughs> you know? But, like, if you know, you're kind of already assembled there. If you're going to... He always shouts it when they're already all standing there, and I wonder if they're ever just kind of like, all right, the only time it really, 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 really worked for me was in Endgame, because they teased it and acted all silly and when he says it and there are scattered about and they do
1: assemble it worked wonderfully so yeah. so that that was my choice alright J.A. your pick? Uh, my pick of course was to me my X-Men I thought really done well in the Krakoan age in the X Swords actually but uh, I will admit probably doesn't stand the test of time when it's an old bald guy telling a bunch of students <laughs> to come to him <laughs> <laughs> to me my x-men i was
2: gonna say the dance slot silver surfer run where they named the board to me i forgot about that That
1: there not, was somebody that, in the comments that didn't said, happen
0: where was to me <laughs> my board or whatever and yes to i me, think my they board. were taking pot shots at you but avengers assemble one right that was the winner yes by a long shot. Ah,
1: long
0: shot. ah! ah look at that. Ah. I think okay. the first time it's actually yelled is in Avengers 16. I could be completely wrong, but I think it's that cover where Cap's on the, the front and he's like Avengers assembled, which actually makes sense because they're building
1: a new team at that point. Like he's the only one there. He's, he's assembling Avengers. Does he have the little Allen wrench that you get? <laughs> I just, right, right. That little hex when you when you're building hex- your calyx Shelf, Mm -hmm.
3: how come you know? I want them to bring back Tally Ho, gentlemen. That's what um, Alpha Flight says (laughs) up there in Canada. What is what was poll number
1: three, jay Uh, well, being the dog days of summer, what is the best dog in comics? Is it Lockjaw? Is it Crypto? Is it Cosmo? Or and then I had to fill out the poll with somebody else, so I went with the Junkyard as a nod to Chad there, who's a big GI Joe fan, the
0: JYD. Yeah. Did you vote for that one, Chad, or did you vote for something else?
2: Oh, I went Junkyard Dog.
0: Mutt and Junkyard, yeah. What about you, Mikey? Favorite Uh, pooch? I did Crypto. Crypto's the best boy. He's the best boy. (laughs) Crypto. No, no, no. It's Lockjaw. Come on. Lockjaw, he's just a slobbering beast honestly everybody on here you see lockjaw appear in a comic book you immediately smile you're like oh look at him here you go poochie who'd you vote
1: for ja i also went for lockjaw i thought his turn in the miss marvel series was just wonderful yeah but lockjaw But not no, did uh, lockjaw came in second to crypto i never understood the super dog
0: Like, just because they had people on that other planet doesn't mean they have dogs, too. A giant
3: bulldog with a tuning fork glued to his forehead, you get, you're fine with. It's at least from Earth. We have things on Earth that are bulldogs. You're asking me to
0: believe that a separate planet not only evolved folks that look exactly like humans, but also animals that looked exactly like dogs. And
3: cats and horses. Wasn't there a super horse? I think there's a super horse. Yes. Comet, the super horse. We could do a whole show about it, but I want to know what Jaw's story is. What did they feed him that made him that big? That's a, that's a big dog.
0: That was all the, the humans that nobody liked. You're now
1: Alpo, buddy. <laughs> right, what was what was poll number four? We were asking suggestions for one out of these four Eisners that we should read. Should we read public domain? Should we read Ducks Two Years on the Oil Sands? Should we read Nice House on the Lake? Or should we read Shuna's Journey? Hmm. Yeah, all Eisner Award winners this year. Again, we're going to
0: stand by whatever the uh, the folks say out there uh, and put it on our schedule as a 2023 book. So whatever was the pick, I think we all had a vested interest. Chad, what did you want to read?
2: Yeah, the one I have is uh, Chip Zdarsky's public domain. So for ease of not having to go too far, that's what
0: I picked. Yes, but you also have Shuna's Journey. That's true. I do you have got Shuna's Journey. Yeah, you got that for Christmas from the Secret Santas. Well, not secret. J. A. Point Blank gave it to me. In Any case, I also voted for public domain just simply because I am a huge fan of Chip and I've loved a lot of Chip's books. Not to say that the rest of them weren't weren't great, but I was really interested in seeing what this was all about, and especially since it won, I think, Best New Series. I think that was what it was. And so I was curious uh, about Public Domain, so I voted for
3: that as well. Mikey? I voted for Ducks because Kate Beaton is awesome and I haven't read it yet. So I have her first two books. I have Hark a Vagrant and uh, what's the other one called? Move Over Pops or or Step Aside Pops or something like that. The collection of her Hark a Vagrant comic strips and they're hilarious. And this is a different thing for
1: her. This is a different story for her. So any case, J.A., what did you vote for? I also voted for Ducks two years on the oil sands. uh, Public Domain did win, so that is what we will be reading. So, by the way, did, did Ducks come
0: in second place so that maybe we can give that honorable mention and, and still read it, that too?
1: It did. It did come in second place.
0: Oh, okay. Well, maybe 2024. I can't make any promises for 2023. We're, we're kind of running out of shows here. <laughs> you know what? We we might just have to sneak that in and in January. It sounds like a good... good book to read when it's cold and because it's set
1: in Canada it's a good book to read in the cold (laughs) (laughs) sorry Uh, what was our fifth and final poll J.A.? it is the who is your favorite turtle is it Leonardo, Donatello Raphael or Michelangelo yes
0: (laughs) going along with our Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles episode with the Saturday Morning Adventures as well as uh, Mutant Mayhem um, I think I was the only person out there that actually voted for Leonardo, because I evidently am a square. More like yeah. Leonardo. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the best weapons with the katanas. He, he's the only turtle that can stand up against Shredder, and uh, he's got my favorite color. Like blue is my favorite color. Like why would I why would I go with anybody else? I don't know. It was him, and it was either him or Raph, and. Mm-hmm. I knew everybody was going to vote for Raph because he's like the Wolverine of the group. So I'll go with Cyclops. I will go Boy Scout. Chad, yeah,
2: I'm going with Raph. <laughs> uh, he's the best one. He's the angry one. Uh, he's the one I relate to the most, and I can appreciate that. So Raph.
0: All right, Mikey.
3: Mikey, <laughs> your name Yeah, said. that tracks. I, you know, you know, as as sick of I as I got of the whole like, dude, you know that, Mikey. I still love it. Like I love that they went away from that in Mutant Mayhem. But yeah, the the
1: Mikey's Mikey's my favorite. I love him.
0: All right, J A. What was your pick before you
1: give the eventual winner? I picked Raph as well. Donatello, the dark horse. Can you say maybe wow. takes it with thirty one? Raph and Mike. I think they split the vote, giving Donatello the win because they were both exactly at twenty seven point six percent. Uh, Leonardo a distant fourth
0: I told you nobody voted for Leo other than me and like a handful of smart folks but that is surprising though Donatello he does machines evidently internet polling that's that his is, crowd
1: or they like the bo staff
0: or stick as they call it in the news I've got a stick <laughs> but yeah those were our five polls so make sure that you're checking us out every single week over at our Twitter handle Last comic shop if it changes to one of the other things like blue sky or threads or something we'll let you know but right now it's weird like they're like no no we don't want to do polls anywhere else i'm like okay, okay that's fine we'll even continue. if it's x that's right
2: even come if to it's... twitter for our polls
0: and one thing that we're hoping that you stay tuned for is our review of long shot it's Pete's Choice. Pete's here. Choice on the Last Comic Shop. So we'll be right back with that great book. Stay tuned.
1: Hi, it's Carlo Calentuan, last comic shop podcast listener and comic book tragic here in the Philippines. My boy, when I'm in the US, I'm always on the lookout for a good deal on boards, bags, boxes, and all other manner of comic book-related supplies. And that's why I love to go to bcwsupplies.com and use the promo code LCSPOD. To get 10% off of all my orders, not only do I get a discount on everything I buy at BCW, but I'm able to support the podcast when I use LCSPOD at checkout. So if you're in need of comic book supplies, head over to bcwsupplies.com and use the promo code LCSPOD. Oh, and guys, I'm still waiting for that trusty review. Come on, when is it?
3: ancient disease-spewing warlords battle planet-sized robots, where fallen Greek gods wage war against cybernetic undead unicorns, all in a day's work for the Lords of the Cosmos. Lords of the Cosmos, the critically acclaimed indie comic series, is about to return with a plus-size Issue 5 coming soon on Kickstarter, a perfect gift for fans of old Saturday morning cartoons, retro vintage babes, and 80s-style mayhem. Join the Lords of the Cosmos on their latest adventure by signing up for the Kickstarter pre-launch at jasonlenox.com.
0: All right, we're back with more of The Last Comic Shop, and it is now time for our Read Paul Review. Yes, mm. that is time of every single week where we decide to go and ask a fan what they want us to read on this show. And then we actually listen to them.
2: Actually, he just told us.
0: Yeah, And yeah. then
2: he saw us at a show and recognized us and said, hey, I sent you that email.
3: And I said, don't worry, Pete. It's cool. We got that's it. Right. We're in that's the wrong right. shot. <laughs> yeah, Pete. Pete's our super fan. He's a good guy. More of you out there who are listening should also suggest things. And, and we'll be your dancing monkeys. Yeah, we'll, exactly. We'll, that's right. We are Pete. responsive.
2: It may have taken us six months. Right. Uh, so we'll get there right. at some
0: point. Right. Well, that's the thing. Pete had the cajones. He did. He stepped up and he said, you should Mm -hmm. read this book. More fans should take a page out of Pete's Playbook. Tell us what you want us to read. And maybe, just maybe, sooner or later, we'll listen to you. I'm not promising anything. But Pete wasn't promised anything. And we delivered for him. He gave us options, though. He did give us options. That was nice. That was nice. Like, it was a list of, like, at least 12 books. And most of them, was like, "Yeah, long shot, okay. (laughs) Uh, But, long shot, Mikey, again, can you let us know who was involved with this project?
3: Yes, I certainly can. Uh, It was written by uh, Ann Nocenti uh, with art by Arthur Adams uh, and uh, inking by Wilson Portatio. And uh, colorist was Christy Scheel, who I'm not familiar with, um, edited by uh, Wheezy Simonson. Yeah. um, Which is pretty cool. And Bob Harris and Tom DeFalco. All those wonderful mid eighties guys and 12 year old Mikey just embraced the heck out of this book when it came out. Um, I didn't understand it, but it was fun. And I, and I, and I have since just, I love long shot. I love mojo. I love all of that stuff so much that I wish they would just put together a collection of just the long shot mojo related X-Men stories, So I don't have to pick and choose through them. Um, oh man. Remember those
2: X-Men annuals with uh, where long shot would pop up and then there'd be X babies, X babies. Yes. Like well, once oh, yeah. a year
0: You would check in. It's great yes. stuff. It's a great well, show. great stuff aside. Let's talk about that 10 cent synopsis. And it's coming from Jerry Scott. So J a what happened in these six issues of this long shot series.
1: Yes, six issues about a man with four fingers (laughs) who has no past and suddenly arrives on Earth through this portal uh, with some demons. Doesn't know who he is or why he's there, except for the fact that he's got this incredible luck. Everything just seems to come up roses for him, but only if he has a pure mind. Goal is not pure, then his luck goes away and he falls on his butt. Anyways, it turns out he has escaped from the Mojo Verse, which is this dimension ruled by the Spineless Ones, who is led by Mojo. Longshot was a slave there and revolted. Mojo follows him to try to bring him back, afraid that Longshot will find out that he's based on man, though again, minus a finger. <laughs> Some other great characters follow, like Spiral and Ricochet Rita. And Quark, who is a man with a goat's head. (laughs) I think he only also has four fingers. (laughs) Doctor Strange shows up for a little bit. Uh, There's a cameo by Spider-Man and She-Hulk. And uh, you get this really dense yet incredibly interesting introduction to some really unique characters that are just great. (laughs) It It was probably a breath of fresh air when it came out, no doubt. It's a breath of fresh air now. How oddball these six issues were with long shot and mojo mm-hmm, right. at all I, I do have one thing before we we kick it off the whole time everyone's saying how good looking he is but yet no one ever comments on the fact that he's missing a finger <laughs> <laughs> that's true like rita rita thinks he's an alien after she touches his skin and it's all leathery didn't the fact that he doesn't have a finger clue her in <laughs> You
3: never know. Maybe she just didn't want to bring it up. My shop teacher in high school had eight and a half fingers. So See, nobody ever all, says anything about him. Hey, yeah, that's give me four and a half. That's right.
0: <laughs> all shop teachers are missing at least two or three. Well, if they're not, they
3: do they are by the end of
0: the semester. <laughs> So in any case but yeah i was going to comment about how the fact that I, and i mentioned it earlier in the show boy art adams's art on this particular series became like the blueprint for everything <laughs> that we got in the early 90s just everything pouches everywhere people with like human bodies and animal heads that come out of nowhere and are just like hey i'm here and this person with six arms and she's got swords everywhere so i want to pose the question to the group there were a lot of folks that came in the early 90s and were like we're gonna do our adam's art but we're gonna do it every single month instead of However, it took long for Art Adams to do it. Who do you think cribbed Art Adams the most? And we're going to start off with our 90s guy, and that's Chad.
2: I don't like the phrasing
0: here. I think so many people were
2: inspired by Art Adams. Mm. Um, (laughs) If you look at your image, guys, your Rob Liefelds, your Todd McFarlanes, your Eric Larson's, Uh, And as someone who's a a faithful listener to the Rob Liefeld podcast, he actively admits that these guys saw his style and said, we can do this quicker, you know, instead of waiting for two Art Adams issues a year, if we can pump this out and get you 10 or 12 issues, you know, fans are going to love us. And they did. And so uh, as the Rob Liefeld fan, I'd probably lean into Liefeld just because I feel like so many of his characters, uh, you can see uh, echoes of that in Rob Liefeld's work, whether it's the pouches, whether it's the the weird way that Art Adams tends to draw Spider-Man, which is actually one of my least favorite renditions of Spider-Man is the Art Adams version. But Liefeld has picked up on that one, but the way that people are shaped, uh, I can see the influence there amongst other creators as well. But yeah, I I think it's in all of them.
1: All right. I think I would probably go Liefeld too. I mean, Based on the heavy use of cross-hatching, if nothing else. <laughs> yeah.
0: Although that could be Will's Portacio because he, he is doing inks on this, and he was also one of those image guys in the end. So, I'm not going to say that, like, mm. it's a bad thing, because honestly, I loved that art as well in the 90s. I really did. So, but art's the grandfather of all of that and i'm i'm kind of happy that he is
3: honestly because his stuff is still the best if i was gonna oh my god have you ever seen have you ever seen just his pencils his pencils are like the tightest, cleanest pencils I've ever seen in my life. Like, I don't even know if he uses an inker anymore. He doesn't need to. You just scan the pages in and darken them. Like, change the curves in Photoshop and you're done. Like, they're they're astounding.
2: He started inking his own work. That was one of his things, was he had certain, like, pens and nubs he would use. And he would format them a certain, way, and it was like his own trade secret that he wouldn't let out there. Because he didn't want people to crib his style as much as they were yes <laughs> he joined the likes of people like john byrne people like walt simonson people like howard shakin that were part of that next generation of artists that really inspired you know the guys that we came to know in the 90s but like art adams just had such an immediate impact it's uh, i i like it and i brought it up before the pearl jam effect only art adams is actually really good
0: <laughs> you know <laughs> Well, uh, was this book good right from the get-go? With my initial thoughts, I'm going to say no. And despite the fact that (laughs) Innocenti is an awesome writer, despite the fact that Art Adams is a fantastic artist, I feel like this particular series takes a couple issues to get its legs under it um especially that first issue um and i'm just speaking to those folks that may have have never read this before and after listening to the last comic shop podcast they go out and they pick up long shot be prepared i think with the first issue to scratch your head a little bit and like there's a scene where this the demons there's still this woman's baby and at the same time long shot is making friends with like a doomsday survivalist and like all of the stuff that happens is just kind of random and the demon stealing the baby happens completely off panel and you don't see any of it and you just show up and honestly the first time i read it i was like is this woman crazy did she ever have a baby i don't, I don't know what's going on here and they go to a castle which is i i they yeah, go to a, a window. there's mill. a
2: baby there so
0: you know <laughs> I mean, you guys can stick up for it, but that's what I,
3: that's just no, my well. Initial. And so, yeah. if you're
0: reading it for the first time, just settle in and make sure that you don't like uh, immediately dismiss it. I guess.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that I I think that's fair. It's very early work for both of them. And Jacinti really hadn't done much. Um, she openly admits that she wasn't really all that familiar with superheroes. Um, you could watch their evolution from the first issue all the way to the end that the story gets tighter and tighter. Uh, the art gets kind of tighter and tighter. I often wonder if it was intentional if like it's jumbled as shit in the beginning because so is he. And then by the end of it, he's a little more, uh, you know, focused mm. and a little more, but I don't know. It could, it's, it's, it's probably just her finding her footings. And and the thing is really satire. It's really a social satire about media and about America at the time, all sorts of stuff going on, but, but yeah, it's choppy. It does feel like there's pages missing, like you said, but it, it was intriguing at the same time.
2: Well, I was going to say too, that this is coming from someone who, Anna Senti and, and Louise Simonson. They're in here. They're both coming out of that ex office where they've been working with Chris Claremont. And this seems like a a raw version of a Chris Claremont story. Like, the big concepts are there. The imaginative ideas are there. There There's so many crazy things coming in and out of this story all the time. I'm more than willing to forgive some rough-around-the-edges beginnings just because of everything that's come after it as a result.
1: Yeah, do you think it would have been a tighter series had they just essentially started with issue three? I mean, I think you need the build-up, and I I do like Mikey's sort of observation that is it meant to be like that we are kind of thrown in the way longshot is thrown in no idea what's going on sort of finding our way through this this series as he's finding his way through earth for the first couple of issues because it's a lot of table setting too we get gog magog as the pup before he starts growing up and what a great name that is and uh, we learn we we meet Ricochet Rita for the first time. Again, issue two is a little bit of a throwaway as well. It doesn't affect as much in the in the last four issues, which it's very much tied together. They were playing with ideas and concepts and, and you know, such great ones. You get the first introduction, as we said, of spiral in issue one. Looking badass with all her arms.
0: I I can't shake this feeling that like it's very similar to the same the, the book that we read a couple just a couple weeks ago when we read Blue Beetle. Right, the flashback thing. I mean, sometimes it works in comics, but other times it can be very jarring. You know, you're trying to fill in the gaps of this story after you know you've already told other parts of the story, and and the flashbacks. Although they're handled pretty well here, because again, it's like kind of like a PTSD moment for Longshot where he's he touches something or it reminds him of something and it makes him remember what happened in the past. I just feel like maybe I, I would have preferred a little bit more chronological storytelling. Um, I think maybe it could have worked better at points. Honestly, the the other thing that I had a big problem with throughout this is actually Gog Magog. Uh, the whole pup idea, because I don't think he actually gets enough time in this story to be a, a character that would eventually turn bad and be like, oh, gosh, like that's that's horrible. Like the first two issues, like he's he's in a couple pages, but it's nowhere near like, oh, yeah, you're my best friend, pop. like you and I together against the world. And then when he would turn, you're like, oh, no, that's huge. Like, it's kind of like, okay, you're you a bad guy now. And I still don't understand what you're talking about. Uh,
2: what I'm going to do, <laughs> though, is echo some of the confusion that you're having. Just because I think one of the problems I had was I hadn't read this series. I, you know, it's one of those things that had always been on my list, but it was hard to get a hold of. And so I read a lot of other long shot and a lot of other Mojoverse stuff that has come afterwards. I was trying to decide in my head if that was for better or for worse. Like if I had come into this blind, would I've had a more satisfying experience instead of trying to like retrofit, oh, this is how the mojo verse works or these, this is what the rules are because I don't think those rules are fully formed here, you know? And I do think those elements of satire are there. I, I love whenever they uh, introduce Jackson, who's obviously Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. and then yeah. blow him up with a giant sword and <laughs> full of issue two. <laughs> <laughs> I love the crazy sleazy director guy, and then Pop, who's slowly getting more and more evil and sucking in the magic. Then you just call in Doctor Strange and you just sort that stuff out. Uh, all of that was fun. I wonder what happened to Ricochet Rita. Does she show up again? Yes,
3: she's she's in my uh, my recommendation for today. Come on now, it's like,
0: it's Longshot and Dazzler. Like let, let's let's be honest here. Like if there's a one true pairing with Longshot. It's Alison Blair. It's not
3: Ricochet Rita. No, no it is but, now though. You have to get that out of your head you're reading before he met her. So uh, you gotta I do it.
2: Ricochet Rita appearance-wise is based off of Anna Senti. And you guys know I love me some Anna so I want to know where can I get more Ricochet Rita.
1: <laughs> so I read it in the uh, Uncanny X-Men Omnibus number five. Uh, it has the six-issue miniseries, and at the end of it, there's some notes and, and drawings, original page sketches, and a couple of full-page posters of Anne Nescenti as a superhero drawn by Art Adams. <laughs> <Very> <laughs> hang them on your wall.
2: We met her in Baltimore, just super charming and oh.
3: I'm yeah, so I, I je- I'm so jealous. I'm so I, jealous.
0: But I think Chad hits the nail on the head with this a little bit for me as well. I mean, I know the long shot from the X-Men. He was the cool guy before Gambit. He was like the super cool looking guy. And then Gambit came along and everyone was like, oh, Gambit looks cool, too. Let's
3: go with that. Yes. <laughs> looks, looks even cooler because Gambit doesn't have a mullet. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, this is the 80s. Long shots design was based off of the lead singer from Kajagugu uh whose, whose name is Limdal. no it's true that's what Arthur Adams used was was his hairstyle at the time it
1: was 1985 you know? yeah because yeah, the original saying, the original character design for him had him looking a bit like quasar or he had you know just yeah. like a normal superhero outfit with a star and yeah. And then he got some notes from Andes and he's like, OK, I'm going to go a little bit more rock star and, and foreign and make him dark and yeah. black and didn't like the idea of superheroes whipping stuff out of nowhere. So that's where the belt with the pouches and, and the the bandolier come from. He's like, if you're going to carry all these weapons, you need somewhere to carry them.
0: Yes. Yeah. it, it does make perfect sense. And, and and again, it's as we'll get to in my rating, I am still on the fence about this particular book a little bit. I was hoping that our discussion today would put it one way or the other, but I'm still, think I'm going into this commercial break still saying like, I'm on the fence where it's like, boy, there's a lot of pros to this book boy, there are some un to this book. Yeah. And so, like, I'm cons, not sure. Cons, I believe. It is
1: really,
3: I don't it, want it, to use that term. That seems a little bit negative. Uh, Unpros. It, it, it really kicks into gear once Mojo comes in. Once Mojo comes in, yeah. it, it really, really kicks into gear. And I think Mojo is, um, his dialogue is, is really fabulous and it's hilarious. And I can almost hear this voice in my head. And, and I love Mojo.
2: his design is incredible
3: oh it's so good and and it's one of those things that has maintained you know i think i don't i don't i haven't followed an x book in forever but well one thing that
0: we're hoping that you follow is us right after this commercial break because we're going to get into our ratings of long shot so stick around for that do you like comic books Do you like comic book movies and TV shows? How about movie and TV reviews? If I just described you, good news! You can get all of the movie and TV reviews you're looking for with a good dose of witty banter and fun thrown into the mix by checking out Paperweight Entertainment. Join Derek and Ian every Friday for TV reviews on the Paperweight Entertainment podcast and join Ian and Colonel Bob every Wednesday for the Silver Screen Scoundrel movie reviews. Find out more information about both shows at paperweightentertainment.com.
1: Readings from the depths! <laughs> <coughs> oh, no way I can keep that up, the whole commercial. Hey, Last Comic Shop fans, my name is Winston Gambro, and I make comic books. My latest comic is called Haunted House, A Love Story. It's a story of love, grief, and horror. A sentient house falls in love with its sole residence. However, this joy is short-lived when the house is forced into a forbidden love triangle and seeks vengeance. If you want a copy of the six-issue miniseries, you can have your local comic shop order, Haunted House, A Love Story, from Blood Moon Comics. Also available at winstongambro.com. That's W-I-N-S-T-O-N-G-A-M-B-R-O. And I'll get you a copy. Thanks so much for listening. Back to the show.
0: (laughs) back with more of the last comic shop it is now time for our ratings where we don't need a pup to tell us what our rating scale is going to be we have ja scott
1: yes <laughs> <laughs> all right well what is our rating scale ja well i think i alluded to it earlier long shot is a man with four fingers so one out of four <laughs> fingers hey <yeah. laughs> Some digits Still... Can i get them digits
0: all i don't right. understand
1: why no one brings it up <laughs> Guy's got four fingers. Is Someone he wearing gloves? Is he wearing gloves? No, he doesn't wear gloves. No, he does not no. wear gloves. Yeah, but that's why all the women love him. Oh, like, do you like, by the way, the uh, the retcon that he is actually the cloned son of Shatterstar? Wait, wait, wait. Is that what
3: it is? Because let's have this for a minute. so Uh-oh. the last time I knew, Longshot and Dazzler got into a relationship, Dazzler got pregnant, Dazzler had a baby. That baby Was Shatterstar. Shatterstar grew up, they took DNA from him somehow through time and then cloned him or something to make Longshot.
2: That's what it does. And then uh, Shatterstar was some crazy guy. (laughs) Because I remember that in those issues X Force as well.
0: So, wait a second. So, it's just like the classic grandfather paradox where somebody goes back in time and becomes their own grandfather? Yes. Like,
1: that's all that that really, in essence, is he's the clone of of his future son. He is the grandfather paradox. Okay, fair enough. Well, that'll be another thing that I'll bring
0: up as one of my (laughs) unpros when I get to my ratings. So I guess I'll go first. I'm going to go ahead and give this a solid two point seven five. I want to give it a three. I desperately want to give it a three. I want to give it something higher because I really do think this is groundbreaking stuff. Like the art is something that again catapulted so much other art well into decades after it. is a fantastic writer. But simply put, like I can't get past the two range because I don't think, first off, this is Anna Sinti's best work. I've read the Daredevil run, and that's really, really good. And that's like almost like a four. So like I, I just don't think it's her best work. Secondly, uh, there's just a lot of inconsistencies with me, like Gog Magog. magog. I, I, I just don't understand. And then they bring Doctor Strange in to be the deus ex machina. It's like, Ah, yeah, yeah, we'll just do all this wonkity stuff. And then, hey, let's have an obligatory issue with Spider-Man and, and well. Hulk. But the thing that I, really kind of bothers me the most is, again, that first issue. It was the way that I used to write comic books when I was a kid. I'm not saying that as a mean thing. It's just like they go out in the woods and just happen to find where they're supposed to be. No, like th- 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 no, That's like no another character. character.
3: <laughs> well, like it's nobody's like, like, that lucky. So okay, here's a, this is me complaining about Marvel, but I mean I'm sure DC does it too, but dramatically less so. Marvel can't have something that doesn't involve their superheroes. They just can't. They put Spider-Man in a Transformers issue. They put the X-Men into Micronauts. They, I'm surprised they haven't thrown Daredevil into Star Wars. I don't, like, I'm wondering if it was an editorial mandate that they had to have some kind of characters in there, or if they were written in there in the first place. That's something that I would love to ask her about, because um, Spider-Man and, and, and She-Hulk don't even need to be there. They don't at all. That whole issue could be gone, and it would make no difference to the, to the book whatsoever. But anyway. All right. Um,
2: they let these creators go, and they're like, all right, art. who do you want to draw? And he said Spider-Man and she Sure, Ge-Hart.
1: right, okay. right. And yeah, you got a great cover out of it. That cover's is is yeah, great.
3: No. Or um, is it something like again,
0: that? Again, the, the art's good. It's still a 2.75. Things happen th- th- randomly, but they're supposed to be on purpose. It's no. Like, that's not... Well, no. This, I, yeah. this,
1: from the, this from the man who loves Star Wars. Uh, right. Well, <laughs> all right. It was Mikey, Mikey, well? Yeah, it's, it may not be her best work, but it was really really early on. It was the first
3: time she ever like had an entire series herself, and 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 it's it's drawing on existentialism and all this other all this other stuff that's in there, and and so yeah, it's I'd probably give it like a three, but yeah, I mean I can I can see that I quite enjoy it because I enjoy Longshot. I bought it when the book came out because I thought it was really cool looking, and I thought it was really, really neat. So little little me liked it, and, and big me sees the flaws in it, but I still I still enjoy it. So, All right. Chad? Uh, you're going to be
2: surprised at my grade for this, but uh, I'm going to agree with 2.75. I agree this isn't the best work from either creator, but also you don't get their best work without this stuff. Um, I think this is two uh, really strong, powerful creators finding their way. I will say one other gripe I had, which we haven't really talked about, are the colors. It's a very European style of coloring, which I wonder if in the Omnibus uh, reprints or later on if they go back and they undo some of that, because I feel like you lose a lot of Art Adams, some of the detail in his art, because everything becomes one background color And uh, very rarely do I say this But I feel like this is one book That would benefit From more modern colorization techniques I I know The one thing that I dislike more Than modern comics coloring Is uh, European style coloring Where like everybody's red Or purple in the background And like it's all you know two colors at a time And like I just for whatever reason I haven't been able to unlock that for me yet uh, And so this has a lot of that uh, so that's a, a a minor gripe. And you can see the rough edges, sure, but there's so many wonderful ideas here. I love the character of Longshot. I love the idea of his power being luck, you know, as long as he's using it for virtuous reasons, Mojo and Spiral. And these are, you know, things that have left a lasting impact in comics, not just the comics themselves. Although, you know, if you look at the X-Men books that came after this, you know, you can see the influences in there and the great characters they introduced and added to that universe. But in comics itself, we talked about the influence of Art Adams. You know, we talked about, you know, how this was part of the changing of the guard almost. I don't know if that's the right way to put it. But like, this is influential. This is important. And so while it, it wasn't the easiest read at the end of the day, I, I had so much
1: potential is here. So, yeah, 2.75. All right, Jay. Yeah, I think it is groundbreaking. It is an important book. And because of that, I'm giving it a slightly higher grade. I'm giving it 3.25. For all the reasons that we mentioned, Anna first major work, it's Art Adams' first. Pretty much first major series. Uh, And he doesn't do a lot of series just because it takes him so long with his art style is so involved that you don't get a lot of series out of Art Adams. You get a lot of covers, get one offs and annuals here and there, but you just don't get a lot of series from Art Adams. So it's nice to see what he did across six issues. (laughs) This is a comic book and a series and a character that could never be made today. That's what I think is so great about it as well, is is the storytelling is so dense. And yeah, it's Anna Senti trying to find her way and writing very much like a young writer, imbuing it with a lot of stuff that could have been pared down a bit for a cleaner, more streamlined storytelling. As we said, it could have been four issues. You get rid of some of the stuff at the beginning, you get rid of the She-Hulk issue, and it feels you know much more compact and probably much more modern because it does deal – a little bit modern, a little bit postmodern comic book storytelling. I love the long shot character design. The fact that his eye glows when he's got the luck coming—that all comes out of Anne Nacenti's cat. She had a cat that was one-eyed, and when she would see it at night in her apartment in New York, his one eye would glow. So that's where that that idea comes from. I love that oh, idea. I love awesome. that. I love viral You know, is derived from shiva and hindu gods and goddesses mojo is just great ricochet rita a, a interesting character that i'm looking forward to hearing mikey uh, your recommendation because mm-hmm. i want to read more of her and i haven't read more of her after this and we were talking about long shot's uh, luck powers if he uses them too much then he runs out of luck and it turns and it becomes bad luck <laughs> which i also like is uh, this idea and I was actually debating two things to, to recommend because not only did Rob Liefeld echo some of Art Adams' style, he also echoed Anne creation of Longshot in Domino, another character that has luck. <laughs> Is it their best work? No. Is it groundbreaking? Yes. And what it did for both Ann and Art Adams and Wolf's Portacio, who were all young at the time, you need to give it that little bump. All right.
0: Well, some other stuff that may or may not be groundbreaking, but we still think you should check out, as our recommendations. Yes, this is the time of every single show where you, we give you books in addition to the long shot series, which I have seen some of the issues in buckbins, not all of them. But you can find a couple issues here and there in Buck Bins. Otherwise, uh, you can get them in wonderful omnibuses, which I'm sure J.A. will tell us about at some point. But uh,
1: why don't we start off with J.A.? J.A., what is your recommendation this week? So I'm recommending X-Force by Benjamin Piercy Volume 1, which collects first six issues of the Krakoan X-Force run. So X-Force has been created on Krakoa. So they are the equivalent of the mutant CIA. Uh, You get Beast, Jean Grey, Wolverine, Kid Omega, and Domino. And the first six issues revolve around them uncovering a security breach And somebody comes in and kills Professor X. But, of course, it doesn't matter because he can just be reborn. But then they have to find out how did these people get in to kill Professor X and how do they make Krakoa safe again because suddenly non-mutants are being able to come onto the island. And it's a nice little side story to the Jonathan Hickman Krakoan age. Some will argue that there's not enough stakes in the Krakoan age because – if somebody gets killed they can always just come back but that's what's being set up for this fall of Krakoa you know you can't always just come back from things and and I'm very interested to see how that goes and they play with a bit with that in these issues of X-Force so that is my recommendation you can get it in trade the first six issues X-Force by Benjamin Piercy volume one all right very cool. cool we're gonna get to mikey wood next because
0: again yeah. I, we've all been waiting with bated breath about oh, what my. is this awesome
3: recommendation well, you have for us so my recommendation is it's just a one shot um so it is mojo mayhem excalibur mojo mayhem uh written by chris claremont with art by arthur adams and it does show ricochet rita Um, as she is the adopted guardian of the X-Babies, the X-Babies who were created by Mojo to be uh, television stars in the Mojoverse, and they're just little miniature versions of the X-Men. So there's Wolvie, and there's a little Longshot, and there's a little Colossus, and she's taking care of those. Um, And it's a wonderful one-shot from 1989, and while you're at it, because you can find it in Buckbins, which is a crime, but anyway, while you're at it, you might as well get the original Excalibur one shot by Chris Claremont and Alan Davis because it's phenomenal and Excalibur is my favorite run of an X book but <laughs> here's something interesting about Ricochet Rita which you can't tell from reading this because it, it hadn't been done yet there are two versions of Ricochet Rita in the long shot miniseries because Ricochet Rita is spiral what
0: yes what?
3: yep Read some comics, nerds. Wow. Yeah, Ricochet Rita eventually becomes Spiral. Seems like a retcon. That's got
2: to be a Chris Claremontian plot point at some point.
3: it may very well be. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't know. I don't. I can't remember the details there. But uh, this reading this was great because now it makes me want to kind of find a checklist and go and buy. Like there was a really good um, longshot one shot with art by Michael
1: Zuli and I can't remember who wrote it, but it, that was really good too. But anyway. So did they ever explain why Spiral wants to kill Longshot? I think it has to do with her being Ricochet Rita. That's um, uh, yeah. You I think blew that my I mind. Think, <laughs> my <laughs> mind is exploded. That's right. Because mm. she's cool. I love her character <laughs> design. She was just meant to be originally just another one of the, the demons. And Anna Senti saw her on a drawing. He's like, we need to do more with her.
3: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she's cool. She's real cool.
0: Well, something else we should do more with is Chad's recommendation. Chad, what do you got for us? Okay, so my recommendation is to go back to the
2: 1980s and find every single annual that Art Adams drew. Okay, and you'll be rewarded handsomely. Now, there were a bunch of Uncanny X-Men annuals. I know there's some New Mutants annuals that uh, factor mm-hmm. in the, the New Mutants whenever they go to Asgard. But the one that stands out, is, and the one that I did want to bring up today as my primary recommendation, is actually a Web of Spider-Man annual. It's Web of Spider-Man number two, and it features Anasenti writing and Art Adams drawing again. And the New Mutants meet up with Spider-Man And they let Art Adams run wild with every sort of reference that he wants to draw. And it comes in through the form of Warlock. And Art Adams drawing Warlock. And just the detail matched up with his style so perfectly. And Ann Nesenti, you know, as a writer, had really started finding her voice. And I remember as a kid, that was one of my favorite issues. Just, it was so much fun. But yeah, it's worth tracking down as well as the rest of those X baby issues. I I really need to go back and see the the whole Ricochet Rita stuff because the name is familiar. And once you connect them to the X babies, I can kind of remember her being around, but it's been so long since I've read those individual issues. I got to go back and check it out. I think
1: it's 10 and 12. Isn't it? Isn't it annual 10 and annual 12 or something? The X babies. So he did annual nine, 10, 12 and 14 with Chris Claremont. He also did uh web and Spider-Man annual two action comics, annual one, uh, Wonder Woman annual one. Uh, and then you get like the Marvel holiday special number one. A lot of this with other, you know, great writers here uh, John Byrne, Walter Simonson, Chris Claremont.
2: Ahead, and Jack. don't skip on that Asgard war, giant sized new mutants, that crossed over with X Men uh, annual nine, I want to say, or annual 14, one of those. All right. But they're all wonderful.
0: Yes. And to continue this wonderful Ann Nesenti love fest, my recommendation is going to be the Inhumans graphic novel that Anne Nesenti wrote with uh, pencils by Brett Blevins and the legendary artist Al Williamson doing inks. Um, it came out of that fantastic run of graphic novels that Marvel released in the 80s. And this particular story just simply uh, brings into sharp focus if you're going to have a baby as an inhuman, you may not be able to. Blackbolt Bolt and um, Medusa decide they're going to start a family and Medusa gets pregnant. Everybody is very concerned about what kind of mutation or terigen mist thingy-bobber might be created by this, this pairing. And so therefore, there's a council that says, no, 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 you can't have babies, but you can have babies. And so long story short, they still have the baby, but Black Bolt has to stay in the city and he basically sends Medusa and all of the Inhumans that we know, Gorgon and Karnak and Triton and, and Crystal. And they all go out into the middle of the uh, deserts somewhere in the southwest and live off the grid for a while and uh, to try to raise this baby. And this evil force is growing underneath the ground. It's really good stuff. And uh, another reason why you should read this is because it is kind of the precursor to the Daredevil run. I just talked about how that was really a great run that Anasenti did with John Romita Jr. And uh, Karnak and Gorgon are all through that. But you really don't understand why they're doing the things they are. Unless you really kind of read... This graphic novel, then you understand, like, why they were there.
1: Yeah, I guess you would have to worry about uh, Black Bolt's kid, like, first words. Yeah, and that's <laughs> what I'm saying. <laughs> when he says dad is he
0: going to kill somebody? Like the Eternals, there's not really a lot of series that do the Inhumans very well either. But I think this is one of them. So if you are really jonesing for some Inhuman stuff, check out Anasenti's work on The Inhumans.
2: Yeah, and it it goes without saying I know Andy's the one who's brought it up most today But Anasenti's run on Daredevil With John Romita Jr. is Quite possibly one of my absolute Favorite runs of all time In comic books You get the best of John Romita Jr. You get Al Williamson on Inks There's so much great stuff in there If you haven't checked that
0: out I highly recommend it. There you go. And one thing that we also recommend is that you rate, review, and subscribe to The Last Comic Shop Podcast, so you never miss another of our episodes. And you can do that by going out to www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com It's a place where you can get all of our episodes evergreen, including tons of episodes featuring the X-Men. Yes, J.A. Scott is a massive X-Men fan, so you can't swing a dead cat without us reading an X-Men book. I wish we had as many Spider-Man books as we did X-Men books. I, I, think, I think that might be for the year end to do some metrics reviews as to which superheroes we have covered the most. Fabulous. Okay,
2: and you can find us out there on the social medias, no matter what they're called these days. Uh, we're traditionally at Last Comic Shop or at Last Comic Shop Podcast. Find all the links, everything there, including stuff that'll redirect you back to our website www.lastcomicshoppodcast.com, where they can find what else. J A.
1: We've also got links to all of our social media, our YouTube channel. The host with the most, Andy Larson, has a blog that he writes on sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) We we also have a link to our merch store where you can get T-shirts, coffee mugs, tote bags, and this week only gloves. They only come with four fingers, but they're gloves. (laughs) Right, (laughs) Three
0: fingers and a thumb. Can you get those weird knives that he throws? Because they kind of look like Uh, (laughs) spatulas.
2: See, I, I thought they were the blades, like just the dry blade razor.
0: Oh, you know, real badass. Without guys, the handle. That's what they look like to me. Wow.
3: Here I was just thinking they were spatulas. That's right. And you can use a spatula to get all of the juicy goodness of comics out of this. That segue doesn't work at all. <laughs> um, be sure to stop by your local comic shop so that you can pick up all of the suggestions this afternoon, such as Web of Spider Man Annual Number 2. <phone rings> and the and X-Force 1-6 through 6 by Ben Percy, and the wonderful Inhumans graphic novel uh, written by Mizan Nesenti, and Excalibur Mojo Mayhem by Chris Claremont and Arthur Adams, uh, as well as uh, back issues of Longshot um, and some Uncanny X-Men annuals that also feature Longshot and all of the Longshot stuff. There's even something done a few years ago. Long Shot saves the Marvel Universe or something. And that was a lot of wow. fun too. So yes. So I go, go, go back on. I guess I have a lot of
0: Long Shot to check out. And we hope that you will continue to listen to the Last Comic Shot podcast in case we cover any more Long Shot or any of Pete's choices. That's, That's right. right. We still have a big list from Pete. Thank you so much to Pete, our wonderful super fan, for giving us this laundry list of books we should cover and uh, allowing us the opportunity. To hopefully make his day by, you know, putting out this
3: episode with us uh, covering one yeah. of the books you recommended. We got one Pete! If yes, we did, and if you guys out there also have suggestions, please let us know, and we will, we will, we will find them, and we will read them, and 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 we will like them, except for Andrew. <laughs> wow! <laughs> I am just the host <laughs> of the most.
0: I was joined by Chad Smith, J. A. Scott and the wonderful mikey wood and until next week stay safe stay lucky and remember that you can't pet a dinosaur why because they're dead oh, that's dark oh. is that a dad joke well wow, that's <laughs> dad's <laughs> <That's> getting
2: depressed
3: <laughs> oh. go get me a beer.
2: Production.